more once. There we go. Guys, good morning. Um, didn't you find everything Hettel said was so good it was worth saying twice? So I'm glad you got that on repeat. Um, just wanted to say, I know some of you are new in these environments, and uh, what, we, what we just did was we just worshipped Jesus, and there's something so powerful about that. That is for him. We worship him. He gave us music. He gave us song. He gave us an ability to praise him in that way, and he loves it. He asks us to do it, but in his goodness and an overflow of that, we receive something so powerful. And I think some of you will have been in this room and will have experienced something physically or in your souls. The, the Bible says deep cries out to deep. There's like a, something in our souls that cries out that would have caused you to go, what was that that I just did? I want to say you encountered, you took something of the presence of God. And it's a very powerful moment. I found as we sang All Things Rise, I was just felt myself slightly overcome in an expression towards God and a receiving of something from God. That's, that's what that was. I kind of just wanted to try and give a bit of, not that you can give language to it, but give a bit of language to something that you just went through. But what a, what a special moment this is to celebrate our fifth birthday together as a church. It's amazing to think that over a year and a half of that was not even together. Uh, what a journey we've been on, um, not being able to be together. But five years ago this week, we launched our first ever Sunday gathering like you see now. Uh, we dreamt of building a community that would live the way Jesus does, seeking to love this city, to shape the city and affect its culture one life at a time. What a, what a journey it's been. What a privilege it is to have known, to have met, to have uh, been in relationship with, with many of you, to have seen so many who have passed through us, so many who have touched something, who have found something and experienced something fresh of Jesus through those many weeks or, or months or whatever it was that they were with us in this time. And the chapter that we've just been through, like, goodness me, there, there, there will, of course, be wins and losses to, to the pandemic, one of the wins, I think, is if this is your first week or this is your second week in this church, you kind of feel new. I think we all kind of feel new, if I'm honest. We've been doing this five years. I'm like, well, where did that go? I bet we've been doing this thing for two weeks. So it just gets rid of the, like, I was here from the beginning or I've been here for two years. All of that goes out of the window, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Because we never want that. We want just to be a people who are on a journey, finding our feet and experiencing something of the presence of God. And that, that moment just brings quite a level playing field. It's a great opportunity, I would also say, for you to realise you can be involved and you can be more involved than you are. Um, last week, I, I realised we brought our four-year-old daughter here and she said, oh, I need the toilet. And I was like, well, go on then. And she was like, where are they? And I was like, gosh, you just she, she doesn't know this building. She's forgotten this place that we were in. And we had to walk around the building and be like, this is going to happen. And this is kind of what you're going to be part of this morning. And uh, it might feel, if, if, if you've just joined us, it may feel a bit like that. But for some of you who've been here for a while, it might feel like that. And I just want to say, come and be involved. If you've sat previously on the sidelines, this is an amazing opportunity to be involved. If you're literally, this is your first week, this is an opportunity to jump in both feet, to embrace community, to embrace family, to embrace discipleship in a way that maybe you never have before. We're all in the same boat. 
of meeting new people. I, I always think it this way. You're, you're a guest for your first week. After that, you may as well come and be part of hosting this thing alongside us. Come and jump in. Come and be part of things. Come and um, be a partner in ministry rather than an object of ministry. And today, we, we just want to take a moment. This will be slightly different to maybe what we'd normally do, but we want to take a moment to celebrate the birthday of the church. Why, why do we do that? Why are we doing that? Well, I think there's a few reasons. One is we're not trying to maintain something. We want to be led by the be missional. And so actually it's a really good moment just to remind ourselves of that. We want to remind ourselves of where we're going by looking at where we've been. So some of you today, you're going to find your story in somebody else's story. And I think they're incredibly powerful moments. Also, though, oh, here's a bit, oh, I'm going to be double again. No, we're all right. Um, I, we don't also just want to talk about the Bible, we actually want to live out what we read in the Bible. I was kind of saying it last week if you were here, but it's truth and proof. We want to read what it says as the truth. We then want to live it out as the proof. We want to not just read what it says, we want to do what it says. And we want to look for signs of that among ourselves and to celebrate and encourage those moments. And so that's kind of what we're going to be doing today. Also, we just never want to take this for granted. Sometimes it's important just to pause and say, Thank you, God, for your goodness, your faithfulness, your, your kindness to us over these last number of years. Can I, though, just, if it's okay, I just want to start in a slightly more somber place. There is a cost to war. There is a cost to spiritual battle. Forging new ground as a church plant, as a church, doesn't come without its cost. When we passionately follow Jesus into his ministry and we seek to see the extension of the kingdom, what we do is we put a large target on ourselves for the enemy to go after. I don't want to focus on the enemy. I want to focus on Jesus. But equally, I just don't want to sweep that under the carpet. And as much as we celebrate the goodness of God today and all that he's done among us, we also acknowledge the pain along the way. And we fight and we intercede to see the kingdom of God to Brussels we've, where we've encountered pain. You know, last week was such a joy to be back together for the first time in a long time. Equally, I've always found that particular week a very painful moment. For Steph and I, it happened to collide with our first week back. Joy and pain can go hand in hand and they can coexist. Last Sunday marked for us five years to the day since we, lo- well, we were unable to meet the child that we lost on the journey of church planting. The exact moment we planted, we carried the pain alongside us of a much longed for, hoped for and prayed for child. I've always found the timing of that so brutal and so cruel. For us as a family before that and after that, we have faced many, many challenges and pains. Some of them You would know of many of them, you may not, but we've always believed in the face of pain and challenge that we can find and we can choose purpose. There can be purpose in the pain. And I just want to acknowledge the pain of the last five years. For some of you, there has been a significant cost to being part of this, a cost to planting small groups. For some of you, you have taken a significant battering Many of you, though more generally, will have known people who have been picked off. Some have have faced remarkable pain and challenge. Some of you right now are going through incredible pain and challenge. 
emotional well-being, marriages, bereavement, loss of motivation, loneliness, children who have been bullied, unmet longings, hopes and dreams that haven't come to fruition. Many, many things that many of you will have faced as we've been on this journey together. Actually, a number of them that I'm intentionally avoiding even mentioning because I realise it will stir up for some of you too much pain, something that is maybe unseen by others but is still carried in your hearts, many untold stories. Charles Spurgeon once so famously, flamelessly, famously said, I have learnt to kiss the wave that froze me against the rock of ages. Would that be true of us? Would whatever we go through, that the journey we're on, that we would come to see and understand more of Jesus and would it reveal more of him to, to us? Would that be true of our journey? It says this in 2 Corinthians 6. Let me just read it actually directly out of the Bible. It says this, We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We've been beaten, we've been put in prison, we've faced angry mobs, we've worked to exhaustion endured sleepless nights and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honour us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We're honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we're still alive. We have been beaten, but we've not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. I'm always so deeply impacted by that verse. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Would that be the case? Would we learn to hold the two in tension? We celebrate today, but we also hold in tension the pain and the cost that some have and are facing. As much as we celebrate wins, we stand with you in heartache. That's what it is to be church. That's what it is to do life together. We keep pressing in for breakthrough and salvation. We can't settle. We press in for more and we long for more, but we acknowledge the journey we've been on. Would we continue to follow what we believe the Father is calling us to and to be as a church. Would that be our story? A few people, as we move into that moment, though, of celebration, are just going to give a snapshot of, of their story. And I, I just want to say, I love you all dearly, but this can be incredibly daunting for people to do, to stand in front of you all. So um, some people obviously can feel very nervous. So can I just ask as they come up, give them a massive cheer as a way of saying, well, we're with you and, and we're for you. But Daniel, I can't see you. Why don't you, there you are. Why don't you come and share first? Let's give Daniel a huge cheer. Hi. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, so when I was asked to do this, every fibre of my being just screamed, no. <laughs> <sighs> so a little introduction. My name's Daniel. Um, I'm married to Rebecca. She's absolutely amazing. And I've got a five-year-old who's called George. He's not here today, but he will be next week. Um, I love to go running. Um, two weeks ago, I did a marathon. Probably my last, my first one, and probably my last ever one. 
so hard. Um, and also, like something that we really love to do together, me and Rebecca, is play board games. One of the games that we've been playing recently has sort of emulated what has happened over the last year and a half with the epidemic, which has been really bizarre. Um, so to talk about how I got here, I need to talk a little bit, a little bit about where I've come from. So let me take you back a good few years to when time was hard. Life was falling apart. I was in a marriage that out of the blue, for me, just fell apart. And it was the start of a spiral that could have quickly, really quickly gone out of control. Through what was happening, I had very little support from the church I was part of. And that could have easily made me question everything. I probably did at times, but never really let it grab hold of me. I did have a season of depression during this time. And that had a part to play um, with what happened with my job that I ended up losing. So... Marriage, church, job, three major things happened in a very short space of time. Great, right? All through this time, we had support around me. Through my family, they were great. And a, and a few small groups of friends. They helped me so much, whether they knew it or not. Something that I've not written down, which I just want, which I just feel I need to say as, as an encouragement. I've come through all that. And the second song we sang, the chorus was, God, you're so good, you're so good to me. And if I can stand up and sing that and believe those words, I believe anyone Amen. can come through anything and still stand strong. I ended up moving back to the church I grew up in. I knew it was only short term. I just knew I needed to be in a church and it was an easy option. <sighs> so we jump forward some time and out of the blue comes a job offer, like out of nowhere. Completely different field that I'd worked in. Uh, I, I, I trained as a chef and worked as a chef for 18 years. And this job was in digital marketing. You know, it can only be described as a God moment. Really hesitant to do it, but just decided what I forgot to lose. And I've been there ever since. Then I found myself meeting up with Rebecca. And the journey we went on, we, we, the journey we went on was a little crazy. COVID hit. We'd met three times before that happened. And then lockdown meant we could only talk to each other on the phone. But I think in some ways we benefited from that and got to know each other really well. We've just been able to talk on the phone. Rebecca had started coming here and because I knew my church wasn't long term, um, eventually it was time to think about that. And 
pretty much since the beginning of lockdown, I started joining in with the online services here. And even though it was online and all different, there was a really big feeling of peace about it and that it felt like it was going to be the right place to be. Just before the summer started, I joined a small group and just found a great group of people to get to know, even though it was all online, which is just bizarre, but it's just the way it was. And, and that was when MV started to have a real sense of home for me. Uh, that group was, was also really encouraging. Every week we met. Definitely one of the highlights of the week. One great thing that happened was... Um, 422 was just a great, great thing for me by being able to go there and serve, breaking stuff, uh, ripping walls down, all that sort of stuff. So good. Um, and it's one, it's, it's one thing I've got a heart for is to serve, so being able to do that, it's like I'd, that part of me had been missing for a while. So it was like getting my purpose back and a piece of me back. <laughs> also, get helped me to get to meet a lot of people, um, which was really good. Um, one thing I'm really looking forward to is seeing George grow through the kids. Um, I always watched the kids' videos on the Sunday with him, and he's really loved that. Uh, when, when me and Rebecca got married, all, Matt, all, all you could hear George was saying was, Matt is silly, just pointing to him. It's really funny. Uh, where am I up to? Um, yeah, we've loved all the, all the different events that we had over the summer as well. And one of the favourites was the outdoor worship session that, that we had. Um, we, we brought George to that. He was, I think he was one of the only, he was the only kid there. And uh, there was a bit when the music was just a bit too loud for him and I had him near the back of the garden on my shoulders and the, one of the songs he just started singing. And I'm like, how did you know the words to this song? Um, yeah, one crazy thing to, about, th one crazy thing to think about is that since, in, since joining MV, life has been so different. Um, but it's exciting um, that we now get to, to be back together and that I get to meet so many new people. And I'm just glad I get to be on this, on this journey. Yeah, it's, when I look back, it could have been so easy to, to just give up. But so glad that I haven't. The journey's had lots of ups and downs, but God has been there through it all. And whatever comes next, I know we'll be there as well. Thanks. It's so powerful. I, yeah, thank you for, for being so brave and so honest. What, what an 18 months it has been. 
the, the separation among us, but equally we just want to celebrate what the Father has and is doing. I still have a very, very vivid memory of, of you both knocking a, a doorway where there was no doorway through what is now part of the kitchen. And I, so symbolic for you, I believe, that moment of you creating something fresh and new. But thank you for sharing. Why don't we welcome B? Come on, B. I guess I'm starting with tears. <laughs> okay. So I was, I was raised in a Christian family. And I attended church. I prayed. And I read the Bible. But never consistently. Um, I don't believe that there was ever a point where I didn't identify as Christian. If I was asked, I would be like, yeah, I'm Christian. Um, However, it wasn't until later in life that I realized that I never really had a relationship with God. I never really tried to pursue a relationship with God. And everything up until that point had just been because of the thought. I was raised in a Christian family, and this is what Christians do. There was never no like personal connection there. And uh, then I had a feeling, I had had this feeling for a very long time actually, as I was just living my life and doing whatever I wanted to. There was always this feeling that something wasn't right. And then in January 2020, I made the decision to seek God. And I understand now that that was that was the Holy Spirit. So when this happened, um, there had been several months of me being absent from church. I was in Bristol at the time. So my renewed journey with the Lord began with our church on YouTube. And this church is um, it's US-based. And it was actually through this church that I learned about small groups. I didn't know much about them up until that point. And the atmosphere in the church and the way of teaching them. The way of teaching the word of God. It was nothing like I had ever experienced before. And it was because of that experience that I felt moved to look for a church locally. 
and I did find one, and I was able, able to attend one service, and then COVID kicked off. <laughs> so um, it took a while for this church to set up their own online service. So for that time, I continued to listen to sermons from this US church. And then some months later, we had a family emergency in the family, which meant I needed to move back to Manchester. This was November 2020, and the second lockdown had been announced not too long ago before I moved. Um, however, I sought out a church that I could attend once things got better. So in my search online, I came across Manchester Vineyard. <laughs> After reading about Paul and Steph's story and the core values of MV and about vineyard DNA, I'd never heard about that before, but it really, I really connected with that. I knew I wanted to be a part of the church and I joined via the website. Um, everything from that point, it was just so welcoming. And I was informed about the events taking place and um, the 422 restoration project. Um, this turned out to be the first place where I got to meet a number of members of the church. And everyone was so, so amazing. It was really lovely to learn about the purpose of the project and to see everyone working so hard to achieve it. I was also grateful to have and still have the opportunity to contribute to creating a welcoming space for the community. And personally, the chats, the work, I can really relate to breaking stuff and how <laughs> that is such a stress reliever. And just being able to serve the community and serve God, it provided respite from the difficult season my family and I have been in. I am so truly grateful for the experience. The next opportunity I had to meet members of the church was when I joined Susan and Andrew's small group. To be honest, um, I already felt like I had found my church home. But meeting them and meeting everyone in that group really solidified things for me. Even though at the time we were only able to meet online, I felt so welcomed and like I had been a part of the church for years. I also felt peace. From the website to 422, to the online church service, to the small groups and to the events held throughout the whole experience, it felt like God is here. God is in this place. And with that has come a peace. Everyone's sincerity, the sincerity in this place and the kindness and the support has been such a blessing. And I just want to thank you all for being a reflection of Christ on earth. May God bless you all.
I, you know, we, we don't always see people's journeys and you don't always, sometimes we see the joy, you don't always see the pain. And in these moments, there's, a, there's an outpouring of it across us. I remember meeting B the first time had goggles on covered in dust and all sorts. I'm surprised you even recognize this, let alone come back. But, you know, story after story, is, as she just shared, some of the heartbeat of who we are is, is in community and small groups. It's a springboard for what we do. I just want to say a huge thank you to the small group leaders for the last 18 months particularly has been an incredibly turbulent, challenging time to lead. For, so thank you for all you give and have facilitated Small group isn't always an easy place to be. We relationally collide and bump into each other, but unbelievable just hearing some of the journey of the, the joys and sorrows like that. But so thank you so much for sharing so honestly. Can I welcome Kate and Simon? Let's go first. We do like each other. We just <laughs> we do we do normally sit together. <laughs> oh, out apart from the stairs. Um, morning, church. Um, for the many who don't know who we are, um, yeah, we're Kate and Simon. Um, we have two daughters, uh, Eliza, who's fourteen, and Seren, who is seven. Um, and we've only lived in Manchester for just over a month. So, <laughs> official newbies. Um, yeah, so uh, we've moved up from Reading, where we were part of the Vineyard Church family there for the last nearly 20 years. Um, it's where we met Paul and Steph and the Courtney, Susan Anders, Ruth and Steve. Um, and so because of that, we've kind of followed Envy's journey from afar um, since, you know, since before it was um, planted even. And, and for over that time, we've, we've come up to visit and things. Um, however, until kind of last year, we never um, felt the call to kind of come and be part of um, this community. Um, and in fact, even the day before... Um, the Holy Spirit spoke to us last year uh, while up visiting, walking through Didsbury. We clearly remember chatting about how we were at peace with the fact that um, although this was a great place to be, um, it didn't seem to be what God had in store for us. And that was that was OK. Um, and then times like that, God kind of shows he has a sense of humour um, because literally the very next day we were in this room um, at a service and we felt, uh, both of us, the Holy Spirit powerfully on us during the talk. It must have been a great talk. Um, but yeah, by... We've watched by, it since. It's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, by the end of the talk, uh, unknown to each other, um, we were both physically shaking, uh, we were crying, um, we went up for prayer at the end um, and it just, yeah, it got messy, uh, there was more tears um, and afterwards we went out for lunch with, with Susan Anders and, and Paul and Steph and, um, and we must have looked completely shell-shocked because they just kept asking us like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> I think we looked like we'd been run over by a bus or something but um, I think we knew what we'd both heard, um, but it all just seemed way kind of too big and almost too scary to say out loud at the time. 
Well, for context, um, this was late February 2020. Obviously, two weeks later, the country went into lockdown and everything changed. Um, things became a lot more complicated, and but the conversation just never went away. The conversation about moving never went away. Um, at the time, my job was location dependent. Kate was also working for CAP in our local community, a job that she absolutely loved. Our, our kids were settled in schools that were really great. And Kate's mum was only an hour away, um, so really convenient, and she visited regularly. Um, yeah, so we were... We were settled, definitely settled. Um, then, then, then out of the blue, we had a, a word from another member of our church at the time um, who, who spoke um, directly about an adventure that would be going on. And, and then, then he said, oh, that would include moving north, and we'd probably know where that was already. Um, he would have had no idea that we weren't even thinking about this. We had spoken to no one else at the time, not even our closest friends. Um, the only people that, that knew were, were the people here, Susan Anderson, Paul and Steph. Um, we were then um, speaking to a couple, another couple in the church who had had some prophetic words for us previously, and they again had a number of things for us. We were trying to make them fit something else. We really were. Um, but um, something easier. Um, but but no, they they all we couldn't escape it. They were all pointing to moving to Manchester. We then tried to visit three times. Just to, okay, we'll go back and we'll just confirm if it's the right place. See how it feels. We tried three times, and between lockdowns, isolation, and level four restrictions, everyone remember those. <laughs> we we just we couldn't get here uh, at all. Um, yeah. So jumping forward to December last year, um, we'd managed to make our own business uh, not location dependent, um, helped by some of the changes through COVID that were forced on us. And we'd also somehow managed to unexpectedly secure uh, funds to be able to move. Um, we were preparing to get our house on the market, telling our close friends and family that we were planning to move. Um, we knew what we'd been asked to do, but there was just so much that had to happen and get go right to get here to this point. Um, so we moved forward, trusting that we would move at the right time, find the right house, get the school places for the girls. Um, but as anyone who was sold and bought a house um, at the same time, moved almost 200 miles with a family, knows that that's a challenge add a global pandemic into the mix and it gets even more challenging. Um, so only the two of us were able to, to travel to Manchester at the time with the restrictions. You were allowed to go and see houses. Um, but the kids couldn't see the house till, till much later and things, things like that. We finally moved last month um, on the 17th, uh, a month later than expected and during the holidays. What this meant is that we couldn't apply for schools then until about half a month later, the 1st of September. So we were settling into a new home and into the area. We we're meeting a load of people from MV, which has been a great blessing. Um, we successfully moved our business, which is now busier than ever. Um, in so many ways, God has been blessing us and making all this happen because it just seems so impossible. Um, throughout the time as well, we've been watching the stream. The kids have been loving the kids' stream. We've been watching online, really kind of plugging in as much as possible. Um, Sarah and our youngest now has a school place at St Thomas's, which is great. Um, but the journey is not over yet. Um, 
Eliza is still waiting for a school place to be assigned, so she's not been at school the whole of September. She's been at home doing what we can, um, back to learning at home. Um, and we and others are constantly praying for her and that she would get the right school place and quickly. just seems really hard to get a place right now. Um, yeah, if you could be praying for that too, that would be great. We really want her to be back in school as soon as possible, not an hour away from our house. <laughs> um, so... Uh, throughout this process and over the entire year, um, we have loved MV's vision for the city um, and, and its people. Uh, the work at 422 that people have mentioned to build community and to show God's love for others and, and the church extending the hands of Jesus to, to practically serve people in this community. Um, as Paul spoke on last week, um, the outward focus of the church is such an essential part of the vision to the church and, and we're so on board with that and really excited to come and join with all that God's doing. Thank you. Well, well, also thank you um, on your second week for being on team. Thank you also on your first week for being on team. Uh, I just I just want to celebrate your obedience as a family as well, though. Um, the, the vineyard church they mentioned that they went to down south was the first vineyard church I ever went to. And when I turned up there, I was an absolute mess. And people believed in me and stood alongside me. And you may not know this. You were the first people to ever invite me around for a meal. So thank you. Those moments are life-changing as we experience hospitality and um, the, the gift of welcome that comes from God. Um, what a gift you both have been to Steph and I over the years as well. And I dare say now will be to the family. But I just want to take a moment. Can we just pray for you guys just for Eliza's small, uh, uh, school place? Father, we believe and we pray for miracles. And this, we, we know these journeys of obedience come with hardship, challenge and pain, and they've experienced both the joy and the challenge. I just pray now, Lord, hear our collective prayers. I pray for a rending of the heavens, Lord, for school admissions, schools, whoever it is, wherever it is, where there's a logjam, I pray not only is it the one they, they dreamt of and wanted as first choice, but that that door opens miraculously and quickly. Amen. Well, just to say, I am intentionally running over. We started slightly late because of the words, but also I have text the kids' teams, but I don't want to miss this story. So, Steph, will you come and share? Hi. Um, so I joined MV in March 2019, just a few weeks before the first lockdown. Um, so I lived locally in Ardwick at the time, and I'd been in Manchester for about 18 months at that point. So I was able to come to three Sunday services before lockdown hit and we moved online. So the majority of my time at MV has been engaging with church online. Um, I was apprehensive uh, trying a new church because I didn't know anyone and it was an unfamiliar environment, but I felt so welcomed by the MV Church family right from the beginning. Um, before I'd even entered the building that first Sunday, I met John in the car park um, and uh, he walked in with me, which was really kind of him. He also sat with me and made me feel really, really comfortable. So thank you, John. Um, and at the end of the service, I was praying um, and Liv came up to me. <laughs> 
um, and offered to pray with me, which was really kind of her because I really needed prayer, uh, but felt too shy to step forward. Um, and I just really treasured that time because God spoke to me through Liv about a new chapter, and I was really grateful. Um, and on that first Sunday, I met Abby and others um, at the welcome stand and took some details of the small groups. So Rhiannon and Matty's was the closest for me to get to. So I emailed Rhiannon to ask whether it would be okay to go along to her small group on the Thursday. Um, and I still remember how lovely her response was. She was so kind and it felt as though she was really looking forward to me going along. Um, so on that Thursday evening, I was nervous because I didn't know anyone. So I really had to make myself go. Um, but I felt like God made it so clear that I was supposed to be there when Liv, who'd prayed for me the previous Sunday, opened the door and welcomed me in. Um, I had a wonderful evening and everyone was just so friendly and welcoming. And I've said to others before that joining Rhiannon and Matty's small group thanks, <laughs> um, has been like Jesus just giving me the biggest hug. Um, their love, kindness and hospitality has been so incredibly Christ-like and I felt so blessed and feel honoured to be a part of their small group. Um, so the majority of my time in small group has been online but that hasn't stopped God moving powerfully and I've really felt a part of the church family even before having met others in the church. Um, they are such a wonderful group of people who I've been able to laugh with cry with a lot, um, prayed, prophesied, socialised and come last at a lot of quizzes, courtesy of Adam and John's Quinn quiz mastery, or my stupidity, one or the other. <laughs> um, but it provided such a sense of belonging for me and it's something that really felt like I needed after leaving my previous church community just before COVID. Um, when we were able to attend 422, I went and met Shaham, who has also become such a lovely friend um, and made sure to exchange numbers with me that first day. And she met with me regularly during lockdown for walks and we've been able to meet for meals too since then. Um, and she's just been so wonderful. I feel as though I need more adjectives than just wonderful, but everyone here has just been so wonderful. Um, and then through Shaham, I met Naomi, um, who I've loved spending time with. Um, and I also met a few people at a recent welcome evening, including Sally, who um, very kindly took me out for dinner a couple of weeks later, um, and who's really invested in me. And I felt so looked after by her, and she's just become such a blessing to me. Um, I've also felt blessed to have served as part of the Alpha team uh, with Hettel, Thomas and Stacey since I've been at MV and I was able to spend Tuesday evenings on Zoom with an amazing group of people. Um, Zoe, I've met for the first time today in person, which is so nice. Um, just having real honest conversations and just seeing God at work in all of our lives. Um, it's always such a privilege when God invites us into what he's doing. And I felt so blessed and encouraged through it. Thank you. Um, and last, but by no means least, Paul and Steph <laughs> um, have been wonderful. Uh, without having ever met me, they became interested in a mission trip I was getting involved in at the time and really championed and prayed for me um, and what I felt like God was doing at the time. And I just remember feeling really struck by how much trust they had in what I was doing. Um, and I felt really blessed by it. So thank you. 
Um, I think what's been so amazing to me is that I've met people who have joined Envy since I did. Um, and in a way, I feel very new because I haven't engaged in Sundays as they were previously, and they are now uh, much since I've joined. Um, but at the same time, I feel as though I've been part of the family for a long time. Um, I think this church family is incredibly special. Um, I love the way the Holy Spirit is invited into everything we do and how we give him time and space to work. Um, I love the way the church is so outward facing and not at all insular. I haven't at any point felt as though there are cliques, which I think actually can be quite easily formed in church environments. Um, and I've just felt so loved and embraced and supported. My small group have been wonderful. Uh, the past year for me has involved struggles with work, family and my mental health. But they've been a group of people who I've been able to really lean on and who have stood with me in prayer. Um, they are what church is all about, brothers and sisters in Christ who build each other up. So I feel so blessed to be a part of Envy. Um, I feel so pleased that I get to be a part of this amazing family and everything that God's going to do through us. So thank you for having me. You know, the, 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 um, the, the sheer list of names and interactions, I think, just shows the importance of, of family. It takes a community, it takes a village to raise a child, doesn't it? And we're, we're a community of relationships and the stories and interweaving of discipleship. There is so much more we could have celebrated today of the um, eight or so people that we know of that gave their lives to Jesus for the first time through our Alpha. Some of the remarkable interactions and projects that are spanning and developing out of 422. Um, I did just want to mention one about 422. There's a significant meeting tomorrow around some funding that we would love your prayers over. Um, I know some of you, I'd, I'd encourage you and ask you to join us in fasting for that as well. We want to see the Lord um, break him. Just amazing to see how people have come to know Jesus more. Um, you know, we, we took a risk, if I'm honest, when we planted this church. It's a step of faith, and faith is a risk. It's a stepping into the unknown, trusting God. And many of you will have joined us in that journey, and today we have the opportunity not only to celebrate that journey, but also a snapshot of what the Father has done among us, but also to remind ourselves the job isn't done. This is just the beginning. The Lord has been so, so good to us. There's so many more stories we could have shared and told, but we're, we're about activation. We want to see you involved. We want to activate you in your faith to give you a pathway to live it out. This isn't about being a spectator, watching a few on the field of play. This is about calling you out of the stands literally today um, in, onto the pitch yourselves. And I hope today acts as a reminder of that we long to see you grow and want to invite you into that but to grow you we have to know you you have to be known that's the joy of small groups is knowing each other come and be part of what the father is doing among us how how would that be i think you'll have heard some of the stories today but it's come and join us on a sunday come and be part of a team thank you kate and simon for doing that on your first week thank you actually for doing that before you're even here but that's another story join a small group give financially to this church if you've yet not yet done any of those I would encourage you to do so there's a little booklet you can find on the desk as you leave that will tell you about it but we don't have membership as such membership is involvement and there are all ways that we would say this is part of belonging and being involved here getting into environments like small group are crucial for being known 
and for that then been a springboard to further growth and development and um, you can find all those details in that booklet or download the app or the website but Kay and Simon just reminded me of something. I just want to say something that I, maybe I say this in the human, maybe there's a prophetic edge to this, but we don't, we're not trying to grow a church. Jesus does that. We're trying to be servants of him, joining him in what he's doing to serve this city. And I, I think for some of you, your life plans are going to change as a result of today. I'm not trying to make that sound dramatic. I think that's the reality. But you get moments in life. And I would say before anything else, choose church and choose community. Everything else will fall into place. Jobs, money, marriage, whatever it is that you, you think is the thing you look for, I would say choose church and choose his community because that's the place that he calls us to be. And so I think for some of you, there will be significant implications as a result of today because you've got what some of them have described of that moment of, hang on a minute, I've just been arrested by the Holy Spirit and that's going to have implications for your jobs, your careers, your houses and all that because the fingerprint of God is on this and he's, on, he's going to stir some of you for it and he's going to open doors as a result of that. He did that for me and I've heard a number of people share that in their stories this morning. You know, a major part of who we are as a church is we want to love Jesus and come to understand and know him more than we already do. And we want to love this city. And the more we love Jesus, the more he embeds compassion in our hearts to respond to each other, but then also to use that as a springboard to serve this city. It says this, let me just finish by reading this. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand then you will be made complete in all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Can I pray over you the next verse this morning as I close? It says this, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, you will uh, know that Hetel mentioned it actually in the notices slot about 4-1 and his discipleship. Yeah, it says, I beg you, and if um, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called. That's what it says in chapter 4, verse 1. Just as we close, I just wondered if we could invite those who were doing this year's 4-1. We just want to celebrate the fact that you're giving time and energy to the church this year and also pray over you. So, Daniel, Emily, and Livia, do you, we just want to come forward, guys. Will you give them a clap as well? They're given a few days to serve this church this year. Livia's serving. Um, Steph, will you join me? As we always do, should we just have a moment? We just want to rest on the on the Holy Spirit. Why don't we stand?